Hello, it's Ed Gamble here from the Off Menu podcast that you're currently listening to. I am on tour now. The show is called Hot Diggity Dog. Make sure you go and get yourself a ticket. I'm probably coming to a town near you if you live in the UK and Ireland. And Ireland, Dublin and Belfast. Do go to edgamble.co.uk, buy yourself a ticket, and I'll see you for an evening of Hot Diggity Dog. Hot Diggity Dog! Thank you, James. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. We are the worm at the bottom of the tequila that is the internet. My name's Ed Gamble. My name is James Acaster, a drunk little worm. James is a drunk little worm. If anyone had to dis- uh, ask me to describe James, I would say he's a sort of a drunk little worm guy. Drunk little tequila worm. wonder what that's like. Is the worm alive? I don't know. I guess not. I'm mm. assuming the worm's not alive because it's at the bot- bottom of a bottle of tequila. I don't know if it's like a, a little pond worm can survive although we'll probably get some messages i think the worm is found in mezcal traditionally rather than tequila oh really? although i've never even seen a bottle with the worm in i think it's mezcal yeah do you remember television i do remember television uh of course uh novel novelty band by virtue of their only hit being the song tequila but apart from that quite well thought of within the sort of kerrang crowd yes their album was it how to make friends and influence people mm. or whatever it was called they uh, that did really well, and people were like, "Oh, what a great band!" And then later on, they had a hit with uh, Tequila. Wasn't it a remix of it? Yeah, probably. It was always <laughs> remixes that did well back in the day. Anyway, I mean, yeah. we we are in danger of sort of straying onto your other podcast territory. I'd imagine you talk about Terrorvision. I don't really listen to it. I'll be bringing it up at some point on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, is the Off Menu podcast where we talk about food. Uh, more specifically, we have a special guest and we ask them, James. Their favourite ever start and main course dessert, side dish and drink. And this week's guest is... Jessica Fosterque. Fosterque. Jessica, we'll go with Jessica Fosterque. Yes, uh, brilliant, brilliant comedian, uh, brilliant podcast host as well. She's got uh, also a food podcast yeah. called Hoovering. 
called Hoovering. We've both done it. We have. She brought um, brilliant podcast. Ages ago, she brought uh, beetroot soup over to my house. I Delicious. Think I spilled, spilled quite a lot of it, but it was very, very nice. Fantastic. I started out with Jess on the comedy circuit, and it's so great to see her doing so well now. She's such a brilliant comedian. I've always been a fan. Thrilled to have her on the podcast. However, even though we love her, if she mentions the secret ingredient, we will have her kicked out of the Dream Restaurant. We'll have her kicked out of the Dream Restaurant. We'll kick her out of the Zoom uh, because, should say, this is a home cooking episode. We're all in our yep. separate homes. Hemp seeds. That's the secret ingredient this week. Hemp seeds. So help me God. I don't even really know what they are. I just, I not mm. just get all that stuff off. Faff. I, if I can blow it off the plate, I don't want it. Interesting. If you can blow it off the plate, you don't want it. I didn't know that was a rule with you. Well, that, I didn't realise either until I said it, but you know what, I'm willing to stand by that. Yeah, like seeds, any sort of seeds. Well, what seeds are we talking? Poppy hemp seeds. seeds. No, they're uh, quite... Pumpkin seeds. But I don't uh, think I could blow pumpkin seeds off. I don't really like pumpkin seeds, but I don't think I could blow... You blow a pumpkin them. seed off your plate. They're quite heavy, aren't they? Depends <laughs> what, what the they're hell? on. How heavy do you think it is that you couldn't blow it off the plate? How weak do you think well, you I'm are? Well, I'm sorry. I've not used my lockdown properly. I've not been testing what seeds I could blow away. <laughs> I reckon you could blow any seed you wanted off a plate. No. Not a pumpkin seed. What seeds do you reckon you'd struggle with? A lot of them. I'm thinking, like, things that would just be immediately blown off. Yeah. Poppy seeds I could probably blow off my plate, but I'd you really could have definitely, to puff. You could definitely, that's not probably. I'd have to puff. They weren't, they, 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 you wouldn't have to puff. <laughs> it weighs nothing. But what other seeds are there? Pumpkin seeds, yeah. Sunflower seeds, straight away. No, I couldn't blow them. You couldn't blow a sunflower no. seed up. But sometimes, yeah. so like sometimes, like a poppy seed might be stuck on a bagel. If it's stuck on a bagel, I couldn't blow it off the bagel, so it's fine. It's earned its place, right? Because it's stuck on the bagel. Because it's stuck properly. on the bagel. Yeah. There's a reason for it to be there. Hemp seeds yes. are quite very like light, aren't they? Like feathery, in my mind. Uh huh. Yeah. Light Unless I'm feathery. thinking of the wrong thing, but they're definitely lighter. I'd yeah. say than the, the seeds we're talking about. But I'm just saying, I'm confident I could blow the hemp seeds off the plate. Yes, but like you could with all the other seeds you've mentioned as well. No, I couldn't blow a sunflower seed off. <laughs> I couldn't. They're really heavy. If everyone listening to this could film themselves blowing various seeds off of plates to show Ed how easy it is and send tweet them to him, that'd be very much appreciated. But I don't. If you've got a puff, it doesn't count for me. What are you talking about? So I'm talking about if I was eating it and just like I just did like a quite a concentrated breath and it went off. That would be annoying to me. But if I had to, that's go, not blowing, is it? If I had to do that, do you think that every time you're Breathing in and out, you're blowing in and out. Yeah, blowing air, that's what I call it. No, you're just breathing. <laughs> blowing is like a proper... That's a. <laughs> right, well, I don't like hemp seeds. Me, me neither. Right, well, then For we can agree reasons. on that. Yeah. We can agree on that. Yeah. We can agree on that one. We can agree that, that we don't like it because we could blow it off the plate. No, that's not what I said. That's not my reason. But that's, that's not... The, it's hemp seeds as a secret ingredient. If she says them, she's out of here. And I hope yeah, that doesn't happen sorry, because yes. I'm a fan. Well, fingers crossed. Oh, is that Jess at the door? Well, it must be. This is the off-menu menu of Jessica, Jessica Foster Q. Jessica Foster Q. Jess Foster Q, welcome to the Dream Restaurant. Hey, thanks for having me. It took us it took us a while to get up and running for this one, but now we're here and it's worth it. There was some uh, some issues getting into the Dream Restaurant. Uh, the genie forgot the key. But now here we are, ready to go, ready to take your order. 
Yeah. Welcome, Jess Foster Q, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Now, Jess, you're, uh, it's obviously a long time coming. Yeah. That uh, you, should, you should have been on this podcast a while ago. You're, you're an OG food podcaster. <laughs> you're putting food yes. podcasts out in the world. This, yeah. is, this, is the, this is the official food podcast crossover. Yes. Right? This is what the people yeah. have been asking for. We put our beefs to one side, no pun intended. And we've got you on the pod. That's why you haven't been on. There's just too much beef. There's so much beef. Although we have both been on your podcast, to be fair. So yeah. I think you, <laughs> you didn't know about the beef. No, I didn't. Recognise this scarf, Jess? Oh, you still got my still scarf. Got, still got Jess's scarf when she came over to my flat to record, uh, to record her podcast. And let me tell you, Jess, I don't live in that flat anymore. I've moved house and I've still got your scarf. Oh, you're so lovely for keeping it. Either very conscientious or or, or very weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is a nice scarf. You're very kind for keeping hold of it. It's going to be one of those things where every time we meet for the rest of our lives, we'll go, oh, didn't bring that scarf again. You're going to come and visit me in an old people's home towards the end of my life and your scarf is going to be a shawl over my horrible knees. <laughs> I'm going to have horrible knees when I'm old, I think. Do you reckon? Yeah, they've been pretty bad during lockdown. I, I, whatever workout I was originally doing really messed my knees up, and now my knees are hurt all the time. I've got to do yoga to make them not hurt, but during yoga they hurt, and I'm thinking, actually, I'm probably making it worse. Mm. Oh. So when you say horrible knees, you mean painful knees rather than horrible to look at, which is, I, I think, what yeah. Ed was going for. By uh, You don't have to shroud them in a shawl. They just <laughs> You just have to medicate them with pain relief. Yeah, I think... The fact they feel bad now means they'll look bad when I'm older. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. They'll look horrible. Maybe they'll just look, still look really young when you're older and then they'll just be powder inside. Imagine <laughs> that. What, like a little stress ball? Yeah. <laughs> Couple of little stress balls. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good if your knees were like stress balls and you could just really give them a good, a good old squeeze. That'd be lovely. Mm. Yeah. Now, Jess, um, you're... Uh, <laughs> Your poster for your last show was you weightlifting, so I'd imagine yeah. uh, you've got real strong knees, right? <laughs> nice. I've got really muscly knees. Nice yeah. Yeah, really hench knees, actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know uh, how much you guys can lift in terms of knee ups, but mm-hmm. um, many hundred kilograms I can knee up. <laughs> yeah. Normally at this point we'd ask if our guest was a foodie or they're into food, but we know you are already, so we've just yeah. gone straight for knee chat, which is the next yeah. thing down on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Always. We rarely get onto it, actually, on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Normally we ask them about food, and the knee chat's there as an emergency one. Have you ever broken the glass so early? <laughs> so, I'm, uh, Jeannie, do you, Jeannie, uh, yeah. no, knee, Jeannie, 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 oh, knee. man. Come on. Do you know what? You're firing on all cylinders. Me, 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 and Jess. I mean, I can speak for myself. I'm exhausted after all the technical difficulties. I'm not even in. The, I'm not in the room mentally right now. Yeah. But you, mate. I'll tell you what's happened. I got up really early because I couldn't sleep because it is um, a thousand degrees. Yes. Uh, I had a coffee. Um, did a little workout. I had another coffee, and then I poured myself uh, a giant glass of cold brew, which I made last night. So Ooh, wow. I am firing on all cylinders, but. <laughs> I've got about, there's about a 10 minute window before I crash. Yeah. <laughs> and what is cold brew? Yeah. Is it just cold coffee? Black coffee? Has it got sugar? It is cold coffee, but I always used to try and make cold brew by making a hot coffee and then dumping loads of ice in. Mm. Yeah. That's not how you should do it. I've, now, I've since bought a jug because it should be brewed cold, hence cold brew. 
rather than brewed hot. So I've got a jug and you just put like ground coffee in, fill it up with cold water and then I put it in the fridge for like 12 hours. So it's like coffee, but actually made cold, and it is absolutely delicious. Do you mix it with anything? So the best ones I've had are ones that have a bit of a fruity quality to them as well. No, sir. I'm not putting any fruit in my cold brew. I think you can put, like, some citrus fruit in or something. It's just black coffee. So that's what I drink anyway. Oh, like, I suppose I was about to think that sounds repulsive Mm -hmm. and say it out loud, which I've done now. But um, (laughs) but then I remembered iced tea. That's lush with all different bits of fruit in it, isn't it? So I need to shut up and open my mind. Shut my mouth, (laughs) open my mind. That's we're going to be telling you that throughout the throughout the podcast. Shut your mouth, open. Shut your mouth and open your mouth and open your mind. It's a good motto for life, (laughs) isn't it? Twitter should be told that. That coffee's really dipping off now. So should we at least get water and starter under our belt before I have to have a nap? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do it still a spark with water, Jess? Because this is like a dream meal, right? Mm -hmm. Like of dreams. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm going to bin off ethics completely. Because that's the dream. That's the dream, of course, is to bin off ethics. You're going full Hannibal. Well, the dream is that the dream ultimately is that, yeah, it is that eating has no consequence. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So, so sparkling because normally, I mean, I drink sparkling water, but um, I, I just assume if you have it in a restaurant, maybe. Oh, it's more likely to come in a glass bottle. Basically, I don't buy it in day-to-day life because it's just loads of plastic bottles mm-hmm. um, and I haven't got a soda stream yeah. or another fizzy-making thing. But uh, I love fizzy water the most of all the waters, but it's one of those things I feel like I have to earn or it feels like a treat, and that's ridiculous because it's just the same water but aerated, isn't it? Yeah. I'm friends with uh, this really amazing Scottish author called Rose Ruane, and uh, she um, calls it uh, jaggy water. And, um, <laughs> I love that because in Scots, um, that jag, jag is some, anything like spiky or prickly. So it makes it seem like the water's starting on your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. jaggy water, yeah. Really aggressive water. But that's right, isn't it? When you have a sip of sparkling water and the water's going like, come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? It feels like the difference between still water's like brushing your teeth in the olden days mm-hmm. and jaggy water is like when you get your first electric toothbrush and your yeah. teeth are like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, is, it really is a party in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it brushes your teeth. I've said it a million times before. And finally, mm. a guest has agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jess is agreeing with you that sparkly water is a replacement for an electric toothbrush. <laughs> mm, we'll see about that. Jess, just get, get this. Recently, I met a 33-year-old who'd never heard of a soda stream, didn't know what one was. Oh, really? Yeah, no concept of it. Okay. When I say I met a 33-year-old, it's my girlfriend who I've been going out with for over a year. But... <laughs> But when you found out she didn't know what a soda stream was, you felt like you'd only truly met her for the first time, right? Yeah. I was like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> and she's from Manchester and she said, oh, it must just be a southern thing, soda streams. No. No, because I have a 33-year-old girlfriend who's Scottish and yeah. um, she owns a soda stream. There so. you go. All oh, right, so you've got an exact comparison. Yeah. You have a 33-year-old girlfriend who owns a soda stream, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. That's there we it, go. I mean, absolutely in your girlfriend's face, James. <laughs> To be fair, that could not have come at a better time, that bit of information. (laughs) I literally, 
stopped there to picture myself winning an argument after this. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely feeling. Hello, uh, just, uh, have you got a map on you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get that out. Just, just wondering where Scotland was before we have a little chat. <laughs> oh, I think that's very good. Also, Jaggy. The only time I've heard Jaggy before is the band Biffy Clyro did a song called There's No Such Thing as a Jaggy Snake. No. And they are from Scotland. And I thought that I thought they'd made the word Jaggy up, but now Well, hang on, what do they mean by that? A bumpy snake or a spiky snake. A bubbly snake? Bunky bumpy, but fizzy? bunky, that's not a word. A fizzy Bunkies. snake. But there I mean, there is such thing as a fizzy snake. We all know there are. They're delicious. Absolutely, I love them. Oh yeah, I've just remembered what you mean. Yes, please. <laughs> Did you like fizzy sweets when you were a kid? Yeah, I preferred and still do. I'm not that into sweets. <gasps> Sorry. Oh, uh, boy. But I oh God. Warning do signs. The sour fizzy ones. If it's sour and fizzy, I'm all over it. Okay. How sour are we talking though? Toxic waste? No, I mean tangfastic. I've never had. I've never had a sweet that was too sour for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel like I've been truly challenged. Sure. I've not gone to anywhere specialist places and gone. Give me a sourest sweet, dicks. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're being so jaggy in the sweet shop. Yeah, you're what being very saying? jaggy yeah. in the sweet shop <laughs> after your jagtastics. I don't like tangfastics. What? Yeah, I know. I think it's because once uh, I was in a train that derailed, and to try and cheer the passengers up, they handed out tangfastics. And now I uh, <laughs> think I associate it with trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's the last thing I'd want if I'd been through a traumatic experience would be to eat a very sour sweet. Yeah. I'd want something smooth and comforting, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But also, I was at the back of the carriage and I was watching the Tangfastics make their way to me. <laughs> so you know that well, I'm lucky if I get cola bottles here. Do you know what I mean? Everyone else oh. is going to take all the good ones, the dinosaurs and stuff. Well, so I'm not sure something smooth and comforting is that practical if you're in a traumatic... Like, if there's been a terrible train accident... How are they going to manage to come around and give everyone a small pot of macaroni cheese? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's more prep, isn't it, it's to be fair? More prep, than a yeah. bag of tagfastics. What would be your ideal sweet after a train accident? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think minstrels would be... A oh, bag yeah. of minstrels would be a bit more comforting than a tagfastic. You know what? I thought it was a stupid question and your answer has just justified the question. Because <laughs> it's the correct answer, I think. A bag of minstrels. Yeah. Not no rebels, because you, you want predictability, don't yeah. you? You, oh, don't, you? If you if you handed out a bag of rebels after a train accident. Yeah, you know, first I've been in a train accident and now I've got a coffee one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the, I think you have both named the best and the worst sweets that could be handed out. Minstrels, number one, best one. Rebels. The worst after yeah. any sort of traumatic event. Except if I was on the train because I'm the only person in the world who loves coffee revels and would have oh. everybody's... I would forego my bag of revels just to go round and have everyone's coffee one for them. Wow. Now... Does that make I, me like a hero? Yeah, actually. I've never met anyone who likes the coffee revels. I don't, I don't mind them. It's a bit of a sort of stereotype, isn't it, that the coffee revels is, uh, sure. are the worst ones? Yeah. I don't mind them, but I'm certainly... If I'm popping a revel in my mouth... I'm disappointed if it's the coffee. Because mm. really, I'm looking for an orange. I'm looking for a Maltese. You're looking I'm for looking orange. For, I love an orange. Mate. I don't like the orange one. I like chocolate orange, but I find the Revels chocolate orange too powdery. Mm. Like my knees. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I like them. I bite down into the orange one and I go, oh, it's like my friend James's knees. <laughs> reminds, you, reminds you of your pal. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, before we move on, just quickly rank all the Revels in order from worst to best. Okay. Raisin, worst. Okay, yeah. Um, is there a nut one? Is there a nut one? It feels like there should be a peanut one, but then 
I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Um, and then I'd go orange. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and then I'd go Malteser. Yeah. And then I'd go um, sort of like a, um, oh, like a shellless minstrel. Yeah. Solid chocolate. Yeah. Like um, the slug to a snail. Yeah, the minstrel would be, and then um, top of the top of the tree coffee. Sorry if I've missed one. I'm now obviously on the Revels Wikipedia page. Yeah, right. Originally, Revels had orange creme, coconut, Whoa. toffee, or toffee or peanut centers, along with Galaxy Counters minstrels minus exterior shell, <laughs> uh, and Maltesers. Yeah, uh, the coconut centers were later replaced with coffee creme, and the peanuts were replaced with raisins. Original Revels flavours also included Turkish Delight, which was withdrawn after five years. And in 2008, they had a Big Brother-style eviction campaign where one flavour from the bag would be replaced by a special limited edition flavour. Is it too early to say this is our best episode? (laughs) (laughs) I think toffee, I forgot toffee. Toffee's still in it. That hard toffee. Toffee's still in there, which is my favourite, actually. Ah, okay. Is it? No. I'd put it above... For me, just under Malteser, actually. Yeah. Lower half of the um. Yeah. Uh, it's lower half of the league. Yeah, it's, it's it's in the relegation zone, but not it's it's surviving. Is there any that we'd all agree is top half? No, because I'd go. I think I'd go raisin top. Whoa! What? Whoa! What the? The thing is, I love a chocolate raisin. I love a chocolate raisin. I love a, uh, a yogurt raisin. I love anything within the genre of covered raisins. <laughs> uh, coffee isn't too bad. It's not bottom, but I think toffee might be bottom for me because it's too what chewy the, what the hell it's, it's so too chewy. chewy sorry grandpa um also uh coffee was briefly replaced by strawberry oh fuck oh. off yeah i agree <laughs> yeah fuck i off. hate strawberry flavored things or banana flavored things if unless it's a strawberry or a banana don't take its flavor and put it somewhere else <laughs> i agree <laughs> raisin i find chocolate covered raisins and even more so yogurt covered raisins to be a great idea Mm. Perfectly executed. When I see him, I'm like, I can't wait for this. I'm going to eat all these chocolate raisins. I feel sick so quickly, even more so with yogurt covered raisins. Like they make me feel sick, Ed. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I, like, like, not like disgusted by them. Like, actually, just physically, like I'm going to puke. Yeah. You have a, and you have such a capacity for sweet things. Yeah, I know. I think it's just that it's a sweet thing covered by another sweet thing. Like it mm. kind of worked. Like a Malteser is. That it's biscuity, it's not that sweet. Like, I don't know. It's double sweet. Also, there's so many foods where it's really nice when it gets a bit stuck in your teeth, like that's the point of it. But with a covered chocolate covered raisin, I find that very annoying. I don't want it to still be there when I've finished it. This seems like a real witch hunt. Pop it up or bread! <laughs> Pop it up or bread, Jess. I listened to your episode with a very funny and amazing Louis Theroux, but the mm. one bit that made me go, hang on, do you want to fight? It's when he... Um, he said, "How would it, how, why would anybody have bread? Because you'd be so full up. And I thought, yeah, yeah, you might. <laughs> um, but I am going to say Papa Dogs. But I, I think it's one of, I think it's, it's so only when you go to like a nice restaurant that anyone would give you some bread mm-hmm. before you didn't. I think that's just such a sign that you're having really exciting time out and about um but, but i'm gonna go poppadoms over bread because purely for the love of dips for the love of the dips the poppadom itself is um kind of an okay thing but it, it's really just a shelf for exciting things mm-hmm. also i i have i really like getting way too many poppadoms if you're ever getting a takeaway uh because i 
I secretly like them all bendy the next day. Oh. <laughs> I, if I'm going to have them crispy, I want them loaded up with like a really like fit lime pickles and really yeah. mustardy pickles and stuff, all the tangy ones and hot ones. But if it's going to be on its own, and then I, I do love it on its own, it's got that little bit of a bend in it the next day. Oh. So. Personally, I'm not a fan of the bend the next day. Okay. In fact, I would say I desperately try and finish all the ones that uh, are you know, on the night because I'm mm. like, oh, no, otherwise these are a write-off tomorrow. So it's very interesting to meet someone who prefers – I don't think I've ever met anyone who prefers the stale bendy poppadoms the next morning. Yeah, but she also likes the coffee revels, mate, so mm. you've got to think that through. This is quite an intriguing palette. Um... Jess is a maverick <laughs> when it comes to taste. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want us – so at the Dream Restaurant, would you like some – Fresh ones with the dips, and then we'll every so often in the pile, there'll just be a bendy yes. one, and you never know when it's coming. Oh, a la my Rebels. God, it's the most ex- I never even thought that that might be an option. Imagine if that could ever happen in real life. My <laughs> dreams, I'm gonna have actual dreams about this dream real because of that. Oh, yeah. How bendy do you want it? Do you want it bendy enough that we could feasibly make a wrap out of all the dips? Yes, exactly. <laughs> No, that's exactly what I want. I want some. I I, want, I like the idea that you can like you can basically fold it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a big floppy dog's ear. Not hairy. Yeah. Making it sound hairy. Golden and Labrador hair yeah. and anything's ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yes, please. Poppadoms with all the dips. It's rare we get a a um, unique choice for this course because obviously it's you know it's poppadoms or breads, yeah. very binary choice, and somehow we've got a. Uh, Floppy, floppy pop, floppy poppies. <laughs> floppadoms. We've got floppadoms. Floppadoms. <laughs> Come on. That sounds rude. Floppadoms. <laughs> right, well, we'll absolutely get you your floppadoms. Don't worry about it. So we come to your starter, the, the big leagues now. I mean, really, it's small leagues. Starters, you know, no one really cares about them. They're no one's favourite. Um, oh, shut up. Not... Oh no! Oh, no, what's, you're right, Jess. <laughs> what's happened? I'm just worried that I, I don't know. I didn't expect to feel like this much of a freak, but starters is my favourite course. No, don't worry. Don't feel like a freak. You're on my side. James is trying to rile me up. Mm-hmm. Oh. Starters, starters are my favourite course. Yes. Starters are my pudding. Yes. Starters are my pudding. Yes. My Can we pudding. both get that as a tattoo? Yes, starters are my starters pudding. Are my pudding. Yeah, I actually might do that. I've been waiting for ages. I've been waiting for thirty-seven years to think of something I like enough to tattoo onto my body. And starters on my pudding might be it. My, um, I've got a, a really naughty four-year-old, and um, he did a brilliant thing during lockdown where, because I sort of got into a pattern of letting him have a pudding after every like lunch and dinner, just to sort of get him to eat each thing. And then one time he. Um, he was like, I don't want this, mate. I'm so, it was like when I was a pastor and he's like, I'm, I'm absolutely sick of this mains. I'm just so sick of all mains. And I was like, all right, well, don't worry, you know, whatever, you don't have to eat it. And then he went, but I, want the, I just want a different thing. I want the thing up from afterwards. And I was like, you want pudding before you've even had mains? And he went, not pudding. And I was like, what then? And he went... Sweet mains. <laughs> he tried to reclassify pudding as sweet mains to see if we could only just sort of survive on just pudding. I'll tell you what, you won't be able to take a good long look at me because this is what, what your son's going to end up like when he's older. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely headed that way. A little A-caster in training, sweet mains. <laughs> sweet mains, my kind of guy. Yeah, is, he, is he available to appear on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> His child. 
But starters. Starters. I'm so, all about the starters. Um, I'm not very good at choosing. Like I get um, a sort of joy, a kind of sort of happy kind of overwhelmed in restaurants where there's more than one option, to be honest, because I like everything. I love everything. So I just never know what to pick. And so if I could, can I get like a kind of a bento box, but not of not of Asian things could i get like a tiny amount of different things yes absolutely on the same plate or box or whatever so you'd like a you'd like a box with the sort of little with individual like a, yeah sections mm. yeah yeah with a try of different things. A, a prison a prison tray yep like a prison yeah. tray please yeah we well, can still call it a bento actually because it's the off menu podcast we should call it the benito box yes yes <laughs> the benito box yes isn't that the name of like a, a kind of burrito chain benito's hat is, uh, is the name of the burrito chain. I've heard they're good. Never been in myself because yeah. it reminds me too much of... To You're work. a producer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in one... In one uh, there would only be three sections to the prison tray. Um, in one section, I want some, like, so fresh calamari that's, mm. like, hours, hours away from having been in the sea mm-hmm. because that, like... I had it in Greece once... And I watched the ship, like the ship, this tiny little boat come in and the squids come off it and they like smack them to death on the side of the stone key, which was... Wow, you really have, you, you have thrown ethics right out the I, window, I, I, straight I away. I you I was going to do yeah. that. Well, you did warn us, but I, well, in my defence, when you said I'm going to abandon all ethics, I didn't think the word smack to death was going to come up later on. <laughs> I thought you meant you just had to have some meat, have, you know... <laughs> I have something out of a plastic bottle. You're not going to watch your food be dashed against a rock. Yeah, I want that. I want <laughs> then to watch. put into your prison tray, which now we know why you've been locked up as well. <laughs> squid murder. Smacked it up. Joyful, psychotic squid murder. Yeah, I want to watch the squid get thrashed to death by a fisherman, a Greek fisherman. Yeah, perfect. Um, and then... Um, yeah, it's, I've just never tasted anything. Like, I, I really like calamari, even if it's rubbish. Like, I'm not a snob about it. But when it's mm-hmm. good and it kind of like just just like goes and vanishes in your mouth as soon mm-hmm. as it hits your mouth. Oh, God! I want that um, in one section. And then in another section, I want an oyster. But I want one, like a big Scottish one that's so snazzy that it tastes of all the scary and exciting things that oysters taste of, but also a bit creamy. Mm-hmm. And I want like Tabasco on that and loads of lemon on all these things. First time I've ever heard Sanazi used to describe shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I'll be using it in future. Yay. Um, and actually, I've just got into having like a little bit of vinaigrette, that vinaigrette mm. thing that they give you to yeah. put an oyster. That's it's a must. good. And now it's I'm going to go for the least ethical, I think potentially less ethical than watching a squid die before you eat it what, in a what violent are you way. Do? What is this? You, you keep killing oh, the fishermen as well? No. <laughs> My mind's going crazy here. What do you want to watch happen to the next animal? I don't want to watch anything happen, but I want um, an octopus because I think it's so delicious, but I think it is the least ethical because... They're so clever, aren't they? Yeah. They can plan ahead, and they they haven't found any other animals that can plan ahead. Well, they can't plan that far ahead if they're getting eaten by you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's not I on mean, their to-do list. They're cleverer than us, but they're, they're definitely psychic. cleverer than some people. How far ahead can an octopus plan, Jess? I, I don't know in terms of time, but I know it can find an object discarded, for example, by a human mm-hmm. and um, hide it and come back to it and use it for something later, like a coconut shell or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, um, I have to watch a lot of Andy's Aquatic Adventures on BBC 
BBs or whatever it's called. Yes. Is this with Sweet Mains? Yeah. Thanks to Sweet Mains, I know quite sort of a weird amount about animals and dinosaurs now. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and octopuses, octopuses are basically utterly incredible and we really shouldn't eat them, but they're really nice barbecued with loads of chilli and garlic. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they are delicious. Also, they look like something. They look like... It looks like they're so clever. They've designed their own tentacles to look repulsive to a human. But then, any as soon as you've overridden it and shut your eyes and eaten a bit for once, you're then like, "Oh, you've ruined it." That that mask of disgusting lookingness doesn't work on me anymore. <laughs> why is it? Do you, why do you think it's less ethical? Because the octopus is intelligent. Isn't that like saying it's probably more okay to kill a thick bloke? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Actually, yeah. <laughs> That's how that's how things should work in court. Yeah. What was the IQ of the victim? Well, <laughs> lucky for you. <laughs> I think that's a I think that's a good lineup of things. Yeah. Interesting you've gone calamari and octopus. Yes. Yeah. Very well. Well, you know when you go to an amazing seafood restaurant and um you get like sometimes you just get like a sharing thing. Mm. That's my favourite, because you could can try all the things. For someone who's um sort of challenged when it comes to choosing, that's the dream, isn't it? Also, I like that everything's from the sea in this starter. It makes sense. Do you two like things that are from the sea to eat? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Love, oct- love octopus. Yes. I really, really like it. Just like char-grilled octopus, yeah. fried octopus. They're at Dumplings Legend in Chinatown, they do uh, fried just a fried octopus with uh, chilli and salt. Oh. And it is phenomenal. Chilli, yeah. garlic and salt. And oh, it's just, it's just delicious. That Just, was the one thing on the old starters thing that I was like, what do I do here? Do I try and make it all go together? Because the other element of starter world that makes my heart sing is like dumplings and dim sum and stuff mm. like that. So, But I was like, no, keep it. Just keep it simple. So in Old Boy, when he just eats the octopus raw and the actor, and the actor did it in real life, yeah, was that octopus planning something at the time? Is <laughs> <laughs> he going... Okay, I just got this shoot to wrap up, and then once I've done that, I can go to my trailer, and then I'm going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It had its whole career, its whole film career planned out in front of it. Got to ring my agent after this. This film is, what the, what are you doing, what are you doing? Don't stop, stop! (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about that actor doing that, Jess? I always think about this. Do you? I I, I just think it was so unnecessary, especially when you watch it on the, when you watch it in the film, you just, I don't know how much that's really added to the film for me. I've never seen the film. It's the only bit I remember, though. Mm. Well, no, it's another bit I remember that's really horrible. But it's right, in the, it's right in the last bit. And he didn't do it for real. That's the thing. Right, so later on, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Old Boy, at the end of Old Boy, he cuts his tongue off. Oh, yeah. But he only acts that. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's all like, oh, no, I'm going to be proper, do this film properly. If I'm going to eat an octopus, I've got to eat a proper live octopus, I'm going to do it. What's the final scene? Cut your tongue off. Okay, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, little did he know, because he probably thought, oh, well, if I cut my tongue off, I'm never going to work again because I can't act any yeah. talking. Um, yeah. But then little did he know, eat an octopus alive as a stunt, you'll never work again anyway. You're probably Everyone not. thinks you're a really nasty bastard. <laughs> yeah. Just like I'm never going to work again after on your podcast, I've said I'm happy to see a squid smash to death in front of me and then eat it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, May I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Your main course, Jess. Okay, so I don't never, ever eat meat, but I very, very, very rarely eat meat um, anymore. Um, so I'm going to go back to the heady days yeah. of when I did that. And also, I'm going to choose... <laughs> it's not going to be... Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just like imagining it's like, I would like a cow uh, shot by a Spanish man with a bazooka, please. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I want, yeah, a calf punched to death in front of me um, by an orphan. No, I am... Um, <laughs> Not that bad, but I do want a steak. Um, so basically, I used to, uh, I want like a really posh surf and turf. Mm. Um, and I want the exact one that a chef called Ian Simpson made at a hotel I worked in when I was a teenager, where I was on £3.50 an hour as a chambermaid. And uh, I think I worked my way up, actually. To three fifty was the top rate I was on. Um, I was a chambermaid, and then I gra- like made, made my way up to being a, wait- a waitress. And um, But we were never allowed to eat. The food was so posh there, and he was the head chef. 
And um, I'd get bollocks because you'd get so hungry taking this incredible food out to people mm-hmm. and not being able to eat it, you know, knowing that you're going home to a fucking super noodle at midnight. Like, so heartbreaking. And, like, you'd take the f- plates back in and people would leave stuff and you'd be like, you cunts. <laughs> like, anyway, like they like, they'd take back stuff into the person washing up. And um, you just sort of just quickly eat it up before you gave them the plate. Yeah. And um, I, I got caught doing that and got the most horrific bollocking. Like, they could have coughed or sneezed on that. And actually, while I'm saying that during a pandemic, it does feel like pretty disgusting. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, I don't fucking care. It was really yeah. yummy. Um, anyway, once and only once, I, like, saved up. I think I went, I kind of might have gone with a parent or a boyfriend at the time and went for a meal there. And it felt like a bit of a busman's holiday and I felt a bit weird about it. It's like this place that I used to work and, and it was only, a, like, within a year of having stopped working there or whatever. I was like, I just, I don't know if that's a bit of a stuffy restaurant, this old hotel. And then I ordered this um, surf and turf and it blew my mind. So I want that exact one. Like, I just didn't know. It was just a fillet steak with like a garlic butter over it, two or three prawns in their shells, like around the edge. That was it. Uh I just had no idea that prawns or steak could taste like that. It was life-changing. This is probably the first posh food I'd ever had or cooked by a a really good chef that I'd ever had. Now, obviously, it does sound very nice, but do you think it was all the quality of the food or do you think some of that taste was freedom? (laughs) There's, there's 100% an element of freedom in there. Feels a bit like, you know, Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts going back to the clothing store kind of thing. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah, there is an element of that. They caught you yeah. eating by the bins, but now you're ordered a surf and turf. Did you wear your chambermaid's uniform so they could? <laughs> people were like, what are you What are you doing eating at the restaurant? You should be working. You'd be like, not anymore. <laughs> I think this, it would work really well if my chambermaid's uniform was like the stereotypical chambermaid's uniform, like a sexy French maid or something people mm. think of. But actually, it was like a really disgusting burgundy tabard. So no. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't know that chambermaid was still a job. Yeah. Well, someone needs to clean hotels, bedrooms. Sure, but I just didn't think that the job was still called chambermaid. Oh, didn't you? No. Yeah, they've probably snazzied it up a bit now and called it... Um, Housekeeper's helper. Housekeeper's helper. Uh, bed changer. Uh, towel, towel swapper. Towel swapper. A towel swapper doesn't sound like they'd be employed by the hotel. It sounds like a rogue kind of like a, someone on their own who's sneaking around just swapping the old towels around and you don't know, oh, maybe you're going to get a fungal infection because the t- towel swapper's <laughs> been in. <laughs> this does sound good, though. Yeah. I like... Uh, whoever came up with Surf and Turf, I think, was my kind of person mm. because... They've obviously gone, normally you should have these things separately, but I'm going to invent a dish specifically just to pile on as many different types of things that I like as possible. Yeah. And if you come up with a nifty name, you can get away with anything. Yes, exactly. There's no, in, there's no like a natural way that a cow should ever meet a prawn. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from in like uh, on, in a surf and turf or a sort of fun cartoon series. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, a, if a living cow meets a living prawn, then there's probably a surf and turf about to happen. I, yeah, and I think about, that yeah. the cow would see the prawn and go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it instantly no. The prawn wouldn't. Yeah. The prawn wouldn't care, The prawn would wouldn't it? know anything. Yeah. The octopus would be like, I know exactly what's about to happen. I'm out of here. Uh-oh. Yeah. Quick, 
plan my exit strategy. Yeah. The prawn. Nice to meet you, Carl. What's going on? <laughs> you don't get a lot of cows around here. <laughs> Why do you look so scared? Tell me more about Ian Simpson. Yeah. He was my... So he was a chef at this hotel. It's still there. It's called the Perlick House Hotel in Swanage. And he was chef for years. And there was another really wicked guy called Eric who would who managed the restaurant. And they were sort of like, well, they were mates. And it was just the most fun place to work as a teenager because we just always got really drunk after work in one of the turrets mm. or in the sneaky the sneaky little fusty bar. It's quite a sort of old people-y hotel. But anyway, it's just really lovely. I've stayed friends with them. When I got a bit older, I did some babysitting and stuff for Ian and his wife Liz. And then they um, moved to Charmouth up the road in Dorset, which is stunning, and opened their own like tiny, really posh little hotel there. Went and stayed there once or twice. And we're still friends. So it's a nice, happy ending to the to the Ian Simpson story. But when I was first working there, I was really scared of him because he was a really shouty chef. Yeah. And they used to do pranks whenever they got new young chefs. They used to do pranks on them. They got this lad, Darren. They'd send him down to the co-op, the one supermarket in Swanage, and um, make him ask for things like... Um, Dangleberries. Oh, dear. Or, oh, no, Darren. Um, yeah, chicken nuts. Chicken nuts? Basically, oh, no. 800 different very creative words for testicle. They would, <laughs> <laughs> they would have him go down to Budgeons or Co-op and ask yeah. a staff member for... And he just did it again and again and again without realising that he was oh. being diddled. Oh, I'd, I'd love it if, you know, Darren did go and ask for those things and, like, the shopkeeper was like, they're having you on, mate, they're... All these things being testicles. I tell you what you should do. And then he could have just gone back to the kitchen and went, Hey Ian, I got your dangleberries right here. And then whipped him out, whipped out his own balls <laughs> onto the chopping board. Going, here's your sweet mains, baby. Oh, that's ruined sweet mains forever. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, know, I, know, I know that's what you named your son, and I don't want to ruin that for you. Sweet mains foster cue. Yeah, the Superman's <laughs> Let's go to the side dish now. Oh, God, I suppose actually then, I was going to have some, like, triple-fied chips from a really specific stall at End of the Road Festival. Mm. Because once, they're the best chips I've ever had, and, and I'm from the seaside where I think the second best chips I've ever had come from, which is all chippies by the seaside. Yeah, these ones, I'd had, like, a really terrible gastric flu <laughs> after Edinburgh. You know, like, after... Yeah. A... This is how all the all the best food stories start. <laughs> mm. You know, um, after... Well, I don't know about you two, but after Edinburgh Festival, every year, my body goes, fuck you for doing that to me for a month, adrenaline-wise. And um, I just get an ailment. Like, sometimes this will be... I've had everything from eczema through to whatever. My body will just fall to bits for a couple of weeks after Edinburgh. And this year, it was just this really intense gastric flu. And it just passed. I've not been able to eat anything. Which I hate an illness that stops me eating. It's infuriating. Because when I'm not eating, I'm very sad. Anyway, it was the first thing. I'd, I'd tried to eat a few things and just puke them or whatever, or worse. And just, like, oh, and it was the first thing. Again, probably they tasted of the freedom or the joy of being able to eat again as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. But this stall that just did these triple fried chips. And this was a few years ago when it was, it was probably the first time I'd ever seen something been like more, fried more than once. As if that was a good thing. 
And it bloody was, actually. Um, but I'm not going to have those. I've talked about them for ages, for ages. Uh-huh. Only so I'm not going to have them because I think I'm going to have sagaloo as my side. Oh. Because uh-huh. that's got potato in it as well. I love sag paneer as well. But I think in this context, next with that steak and prawn, I want sagaloo. I love spinach loads. You can have a shit sagaloo, but even a shit sagaloo is really good. And when it's super good and it's like... Oh, I don't know how to describe what they... I don't know how they do what they do to the spinach that makes it, like, nowhere near ever grainy or bitter, but, like, smooth but earthy, but, like, a little bit spicy but more maybe peppery. Oh, yeah, I want that. Is there a specific place that you get the sagaloo from? It won't always be on the menu there because it's quite a fancy place that has like a mixture of things. But I'm going to say Baba in Broccoli. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, a sort of very high-end Indian restaurant, but it's still super reasonable. And they'll do like a five-course tasting menu that will always have sag something in it. Last time I went there, they didn't have sagaloo, but I'm sure they'd rustle you on up. It's the same sag that will be in their sag paneer. And their paneer made me go, oh, I've never had paneer before like it's meant to be. Right. It was like all soft and I was like, what? It's not like that kind of like brick of it that you can get in supermarkets or normally mm. that you have to like, it's kind of almost as um, much of a head fuck as tofu in terms of how are you going to make this nice or absorb another flavour? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's they're, they're daunting ingredients, yeah. right? Because it's just like getting a bit of polystyrene. Yeah. Of going like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? There, There is a way of getting flavour into it, but... Oh, boy. There's some kind of magic's involved. What did you say the place was called? Babur. B-A-B-U-R. Okay, thank you. I thought you said Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> I'd absolutely love it if an Indian restaurant just called themselves Bill Burr. <laughs> Welcome to Bill Burr. Uh, is there any connection with the comedian, Bill Burr? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Going back to the triple cook chips briefly, Jess. Yeah. Why do you think they stopped at triple cooking chips? <laughs> Because I remember for a while there were double-cooked chips and then yeah. someone went, I'm triple-cooking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then no-one's ever gone quad-cooked quad chips. Quad. Is that too far? I um, I don't think it's too far. I think it's just harder to say. Mm, yeah. And it just doesn't sound as good. I think it's all yeah, it the uh, sort the of aural aesthetics, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want a quad-cooked chip? No, can't say it, don't want to hear it. Yeah, four times. There's no good way of saying it. No. Triple-cooked chips is the, definitely the way to go. Sounds nice. I... I'm going to be honest. Uh-oh. I don't really understand what makes them triple cooked. Because in my head, it's like they're frying them. Yeah. They're taking them out. They're frying them again. They're taking them out. They're frying them again. I think that's it, yeah. But why don't you just fry them for longer? Why don't you just keep them yeah. in there for ages? I don't really know the science behind it. I think some of it might be to do with the moisture as well, getting them out, to, yeah. drying them. If you, if you let the fat cool before heating it again, I think... It does something that makes the outside crispier and crispier each time. But eventually, and doesn't it sort of decay the crispy outside a bit each time as well? So maybe that is why, maybe that's the boring real reason why you can't just do like quintuple fried chips because the decay will have outdone the extra crisping. But those are my favourite chips, are the ones, the tiny ones right at the bottom that have almost no potato left in them. They're just a dark brown husk. Yeah, I love husks. You can't ask for a bag of husks. Oh, what's come up on the chat here? The great Benito. Uh, Benito sent us the recipe for triple cooked The preparation chips. process involves the chips first being simmered. And oh, then it's a Heston Blumenthal thing. And drained of water using a sous vide technique by freezing. Oh, boy. Do you know what? 
Even written down, Benito is boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, I know it's warm in your flat, James. Yeah. But you know when you tried to read that triple cook recipe out, yeah. it was almost nonsense. Yeah. 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 I was a drain of water SUV. It's like a Harry Enfield character. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Gold standard. And then had the temerity to accuse Benito of being boring. <laughs> when, it, when he's copy-pasted something out that we've just asked for and then you've not been bothered to read it properly. God, Benito's boring, isn't he? Blah, blah, V, blah, blah. Classic Benito. That's why I've never acted in anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, this script, this script writer is boring. <laughs> you just delivered it real bad, James. <laughs> but we're going with Sagaloo. Yeah. That's what we're going yes, with. Please. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, do you want? <laughs> oh, here he goes. No, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because it would involve. I know. Look, I've been in this comedy game long enough now to know that if I did the riff I was about to do, it would end up. I can join the dots like an octopus. I can plan ahead. <laughs> and I know exactly where it was going to end up. And it was going to end up with me singing Sagaloo to the tune of Agadu. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about to walk down that path just yet. Is it something to do with Jess having pushed pineapple for dessert? <laughs> oh, I hope there's pushed pineapple for dessert. <laughs> Push pineapple. <laughs> That's the part of the song. I'd say push pineapple makes less sense than the actual phrase I could do. Yeah. I could do, I can understand that. Shake a tree, fair enough. Yeah. Pushing a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing at? One handed or two handed? How, how how do you imagine it? I know the dance move is, is two hands. It's two handed. But it always right? yeah. seems too much. I always think yeah. I, I could push a pineapple one handed. Why, <laughs> why, why is it always two hands? You need two to shake the tree, I think. You need two to shake the tree. You, don't, you push a pineapple with one hand easy. <laughs> you push a pineapple with one finger. I mean, it's easy, but they're always two-handed pushing that pineapple. But is the pineapple on the... Is it a pineapple tree? So surely, as if you skip straight to shake the tree, you're doing the same as pushing the pineapple. But then why is push pineapple first? You push the pineapple, then shaking the tree. It's absolutely mental, isn't it? <laughs> Are you getting the pineapple out of the way? You're rolling all the pineapples out of the way just to shake the tree yeah. and get a load more pineapples down so you know which shake each batch of pineapples came from, yeah. <laughs> which vintage of pineapple it was. And we haven't even started on what Agadoo means. No. I, that's how ridiculous push pineapple is. It's like I just accept Agadoo yeah. out the, straight out the gate. <clears throat> Agadoo, yeah, absolutely. Push pineapple, I mean, hold on, what? What you've done now, James, is unfortunately everyone listening for the next at least 24 hours will be singing Agadoo, uh, but also replacing it with Sagaloo. Yeah, yeah. replace it with Sagaloo. They'll be saying push pineapple and then that'll blow their mind. You might have even ruined me ordering it ever again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Mm. Could have, Certainly could have out been. loud. I mean, you can probably do it on a, like a takeaway menu or delivery or something, but yeah. if you've ever got yeah. to order Sagaloo in Babur again... And say it. Also, now you've said Deliveroo, I'm thinking Deliveroo to the tune of Agatha. <laughs> <laughs> Two-handed pushing a pineapple. I'm not going to get... I'm not going to... No. Unless you're Bad a little bad. hamster... Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what. Maybe within the song Agadu, you you have to imagine that you're a hamster. Have hamsters got hands? Have hamsters got hands? <laughs> no, Jess, they've just got little stumps. They just they're little balls of fur. And they roll around. Maybe they've got flippers. Tentacles. What have hamsters got, Jess? Paws. Paws. They can still push a pineapple. Uh, fair enough, I suppose. Could they? 
Well, they push those little balls that they're in, don't they? The I mean, they, they probably couldn't move the pineapple, actually. Uh, yeah, if you hollowed out a pineapple, they could have a run around in one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What animal is small enough that it would have to two-handed push a pineapple, but also strong enough that it could actually push that pineapple and get some movement? Mm. Good question. Um, uh, a cat, I think. Cat. <laughs> a cat? A yeah. chihuahua? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I think some sort of marsupial, sort of small, mm. yeah. A macaque. A macaque could, could get a some macaque, movement yeah, on it. definitely a macaque. Probably quite a long list, actually. It depends how long we've got. Mm. Yeah. So Agadoo is actually through the eyes of a macaque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A stump-tailed macaque. <laughs> yeah. Who's Ordering Sagaloo. Ordered a Sagaloo. It's now pushing a pineapple. But is that stump-tailed macaque strong enough to shake a tree? <laughs> definitely not. So now that's Unless out the running. We've, we've, got to, we've got to presume it's not that. Or the cat. The cat's not shaking a tree. Small bear? <laughs> yeah, actually. I think it's got to be a small bear, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, small bear. It's got to be a small bear. Yeah, a small bear. Yeah, a a small bear, bear cub would push a pineapple with two hands and it could also shake a tree and yeah. get get some movement yeah. out of it. Done. Tick. Oh, thank God yeah. for that. What's your drink, Jess? Oh, I find it very hard to do really like all the drinks. <laughs> I think with this feast, it's going to be, let's say, like a snazzy champagne. A snazzy champagne. Yeah. Pulling out the snazzy. As snazzy as the oyster? Yeah. Mm. Actually, I think that's the one thing that would go with all the things. Don Perignon. That's the snazzy. Don Perignon. Yeah. Now, are you a champagne buff? Do you think, because I've got no idea, I could drink a Don Perignon and I think I could drink any other sort of champagne and I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference or what the hell's going on. I'm not a champagne buff, but um, I'm not completely... Don't know. I don't know nothing about it. My dad worked for... A champagne company for like 15 oh. years. Ooh. So I used to go to tastings and stuff and pour little bits of champagne for people. What? Yeah, so he worked for um, Moet and Shandon, who are called oh. Moet, Hennessy, Christian Dior, Vio, something now. Weirdly, we also... I it makes me sound so much posher than I am. He was this travelling salesman. But um, oh. we always had champagne in our house, but I hated champagne until I was in my 30s. And then suddenly something slight clicked in and I was like, oh, that's very nice. Um <laughs> But yeah, the nicest bottle I've ever had is he got me a bottle of um, Don Perignon, which is like the the best Moet and Chandon, basically from named after the monk who invented champagne, created it. Oh, I I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's Don. And then he got me a bottle from Don, as in short for Donald. Dom. 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 All right. Short for, short Dominic. for Dominic. <laughs> yeah. Dominic Perignon. <laughs> Dominic. Carrying on. And he got me a bottle from the, from the year I was born, 1983, and I drank it when my son was born, and it was, like, all, like, biscuity and almost creamy and amazing. Mm. Wow. Now, I mean, if anyone ever accuses me of being posh uh, again, yeah. I'll just let them know that I always thought Don Perignon was called Don Perignon. If you always had champagne in your house, you know, like, when teenagers go out drinking and they nick booze from their parents' uh, mm-hmm. drinking cabinet, did you always, like, just turn up with two bottles of bubbly like an absolute legend? Yeah. That, no, because that was where I drew the line. Also, I don't want to get him carried away by social services, but my dad was, my dad would be the one who, because he worked in London at, in the week and would come back down to Dorset when I was growing up. He would bring me enough booze for me and my mates for every weekend from when we were so illegally young. We'd, ha- we'd have like all alco pops and stuff. So I never needed to be that kid that nicked out of their parents' booze cabinet. But once yeah. we got older, yeah, if I'd be like, oh, girl, Sally's doing dinner for everyone or whatever, he'd be like, take take this bottle of champagne. I'd be like, okay. 
It's good. I feel like a prick though, rocking up at seventeen. I love the thought of you as a teenager. Just you and your mates. Well, see that done me. I'm gonna meet meet the gals. Go get pissed behind a skip. And he's like, "Do you want some booze?" Like, yeah, I'd I, I love some booze. Hold on a second. And then he gets like a bottle of champagne and holds it like a waiter's properly hold it with his arm, like behind the butt. Will, will this do? And then this cut to you and your friends there going, hmm, very biscuity. Oh. <laughs> are, you, are you getting those notes? Jemima. <laughs> Jemima. Not Jemima. Foskey wouldn't hang out with a Jemima. No, not one Jemima in my life. Can we try and guess your friends' names? Yes, please. My Dorset ones, yeah. When you were growing up? Yeah. Well, you've already said Sally. Yep, sorry. I gave that one away. So that's one. one. Um, I think you would have been friends with a Natalie. No, Natalie bullied me. Okay, well, that, oh, I, I, no. man, I could not have misfired more there. Just amazing how quickly I've forgotten all girls' names apart it's from Jess the, and Sally. It was, well, yeah. You'll kick yourself because they're like the names that every girl was called. Steph! No, that's my girlfriend's <sighs> name. So you're not friends with your girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> So competitive, he gets in with that straight away. <laughs> I guess you're not supposed to be your girlfriend. Well, I then. guess that's a point then for me, is it? Rebecca, Becky. Oh, close, but no. Jane. No. Jane? I'm not that Jane's old. Jane's the only girl's name I can think of. Rachel. No, you need friend called that. You can have that. Sarah. No. How have I not got one yet? Violet. No. Violet Beauregard. Uh, Kathy Burke. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Look, we did really well there. Uh, all we had to do was guess some ladies' names so and we came up with Violet Beauregard and Kathy Burke. <laughs> you were so close. We come to Sweet Mains. Sweet Mains. Thank you for giving it its proper name. I'm hoping it's the Sweet Mains. It is going to be a Sweet Mains. I don't... Good. I am... Um, I'm not all... I'm very rarely in the mood for a pudding. Like, I think I've got, mm. like, a salt tooth instead of a mm-hmm. sweet tooth. Yes. Mm, Salt, yes, I've never heard it described like that. That's a good tattoo. Salt tooth and and then starters on my puddings. I'd get starters on my puddings tattooed like as one of those big stomach tattoos. (laughs) And then I'd walk into a restaurant and when they asked me what I want for dessert, I just lift up my T-shirt. Already had it. Yeah. (laughs) And they go, so sorry, do you want starters or what? what, what, I've another starter. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They wouldn't know what you meant. I'm a salt tooth. What about that do you not understand? Yeah. But even though I'm a (laughs) salt... Even though I'm a salt tooth, I don't want to... um, I don't want to be that guy that skips straight to cheese. Um, Mm. So I want something really lemony. My mum makes, and apparently it's my Auntie Penny's recipe which will be my great auntie Penny, this lemon meringue thing. It's like a roulade, is that how you say it? Yeah. And um, it, inside is like the most bright, bright lemon. And then outside, the very outside is all crusty meringue. And then there's this kind of like interim circle that's got like dots of that softer meringue and something else, but it's all soft. And it's you, you serve it really cold. And the lemony bit is like so sharp that it almost tastes fizzy like sherbet but it's also really Mm. light like it doesn't give you that kind of like gippy sugared up you know when you've been over sugared like you might be from a chocolate raisin um it doesn't give you that because it's so refreshing like it's a proper like it's like a slap around the face but it's done internally yes Mm, an internal slap you know you know and um i'd like that like like you just swallowed a greek fisherman (laughs) 
yes and then for and then and with it for to, to come just as i'm finishing it can i have like a an amaretto coffee yeah yeah yeah, yeah why not is it an italian coffee one of those please Sounds delicious. Good. I love le- lemony stuff. I think I've only come around to it in the last few years, but lemon, oh, extremely lemony desserts are mm. right up my street. I worry it's maybe, because it, I, feel, I feel like I talk to lots of people who say this, but and I worry if it's our ageing palates. Like if it just takes a bit longer to like something that intense. Yeah, maybe our mouths are dying because of age and we need <laughs> something just really, really exciting to <laughs> fire them back up again. It's a, your knees... A mouth. Yeah. <laughs> All I can taste anymore is lemons and anchovies. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think I've ever regretted getting a lemon dessert. However, every time I look at a menu, I weirdly write off the lemon desserts in my head. Mm. I, I'd skip past them as yeah. if they're not even proper desserts. But then straight to w- chocolate. But then yeah, but then when you get them, you're like, oh no, this, this is absolutely the best one. Yeah. Yeah, and I made the right choice, but not enough times where I made. What's going on there? Do you think it needs better PR? Yeah, no one's no one's pushing lemons. Yeah, (laughs) shake a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but that's what push pineapple means. Is is this the PR team? It's exactly. (laughs) We need to push these pineapples for pineapples. We gotta push pineapple. We need to push yeah. pineapple a lot harder, guys. Uh, uh, no one's, no one's buying these pineapples. We need to push it. Lemon posset. My dad made a lemon posset once, which is the richest thing I've ever eaten. Yeah. He was like, I've made this lemon posset and I've put it in wine glasses, and then everyone got about three bites in and went, "That's enough for me, thank you." And he just had to scrape it all into the bin. Oh. See, my dad and your dad would be the perfect team. Yeah, I think so. My dad had finished those. Although, I'm sorry to... I know it's your episode, Jess, but I'm just going to read out my dad's off-menu choices that my sister forced him to pick. Oh, now, give us some context for this. When did this happen? Uh, this was a few days ago. Uh, um, I don't think my dad's ever listened to the to the podcast, but my mm. sister listened, uh, and her and her boyfriend tried to get my dad to pick his off-menu choices while they were on a walk. Yeah. Um, just going to read them out. My dad's quite a stubborn man, by the way, so... Yeah. This is what they could get out of him after two hours. Poppadoms or bread? Neither. It's too much. Starter, gazpacho. Main, can't decide. Side, depends what the main is. Drink, depends what I'm eating. Dessert, German cheesecake. So (laughs) that was two hours. Oh, my God. Get him on. Get him on the show, guys. Definitely The shortest episode yet. I love just the stubbornness of main, can't decide. Side, depends what my main is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Drink, depends what I'm eating, dessert, German cheesecake. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I, I mean, I think that sounds like a very good menu, Jess. Mm. And I like that you've got the amaretto coffee shot at the end as well. Yeah. I had one the other day and it was the first time in years and years and years. And I was like, why, wasn't I, why have I not been doing this more often? It's mm. really nice. Hang on, even my coffees now need a sweet mains. <laughs> well, now you're talking. And it's going to be alcoholic. Just foster cute. I'm going to read you back your menu now. See, uh, see how you feel about it. See if you still feel good about these choices. Uh, you would like sparkling water. You would like flopperdoms uh, for your poppadoms or bread choice. Starter, you want a bonito box. Fresh calamari straight out of the water. Big Scottish oyster with Tabasco and all the trimmings. Uh, barbecue octopus as well. Yeah. Main course, Ian Simpson's Surf and Turf. Side dish, Sagaloo, Lou Lou. <laughs> <laughs> From Babur in Broccoli, London. Drink, Dom Perignon, snazzy. And dessert, you would like Mum's brackets, 
by a great Auntie Penny's lemon roulade with an amaretto coffee. Wow! Yes, please. Yeah, oh, that is God, that's when you really put it all in menu. a row like that, I couldn't be more mm. smug about my choices. If I'm honest. Ethics be damned. Ethics be damned. Sorry, ethics. Bad (laughs) luck, ethics. That's a good venue. Absolutely delicious. Thank you so much for coming to the Dream Restaurant. Thanks so much for having me here. I feel like we sorted out a lot of issues. I feel like we raised a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Ari Agadu. So if anyone wants to get in contact and let us know the origins of pushing the pineapple, uh, do do that. But that is an absolutely delicious menu. Jess, Tell us about your food podcast very briefly because we didn't give it a proper push. At the yeah, beginning. it's called Hoovering and it's about eating. Yeah. Yes. And Jess is a better host than us because uh, quite often when you do the podcast with Jess, she will bring you food. Yeah. <laughs> Jess bought food uh, to my flat to record the podcast probably exactly two years ago to this day. And uh, I had just moved in yeah. and my flat was completely bare and we just sat uh, in an empty room and uh, sat on the floor in a bircher, didn't we? Yes, and it was exactly what I needed. Yay! And to Ed's house, he had a white sofa, and I bought some borscht round, which is yes, the most stain, yeah. the most staining food of all that time. Was one of the most stressful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have that complaint about doing podcasts with Ed. It's a stressful experience. Mm-hmm. It's very hard yeah. for us to get guests onto this, actually. <laughs> Not true. I love this podcast. That's... Thank you so much for having me on it. Well, thank you very much for coming. Push pineapple, shake the tree. <laughs> well, there we go. I think that was a pretty delicious menu from Jess, actually. Scrumptious. Real scrumptious. Lovely to see a shout-out for the surf and turf. Yes. And thank Jesus, actually, for Jess not saying hemp seeds. Oh, yes. Thank you for not saying hemp seeds, Jess Foster Q because Ed would not have liked that. He would have huffed and puffed. I would have had to get my blowing lips ready and blow, yeah. blown Jess out of the restaurant as well, which I couldn't do, because I can't even blow a pumpkin seed off the plate. Apparently. I mean, you could, and you, you should try it. But I couldn't. I OK, I, if it was a pile <laughs> of pumpkin seeds, I couldn't blow them off the plate. Well, you keep changing the rules here, but like, but you could actually. It's my game. Do you know what? Even if it was a pile of pumpkin seeds... Yeah. With a few breaths, you could get it off the plate because you, you disrupt a... the pile with the first blow. It's been a long lockdown. It all lockdown. stuck together. It's been a long old lockdown. I don't know if I, what my blowing power's like. You're exercising all the time. Everyone knows it. Yeah, but I've not been. I've been mainly working on my shoulders. I've not been working on my blowing, my seed blowing, like I normally oh, do. I think you'd surprise yourself. Okay. <laughs> well, that's something to do anyway. When we can finally meet up, me and James will get together and we'll. Uh, that'll be our next live stream, actually. We'll yeah. live stream some seed blowing. <laughs> yeah, we've got a load of different seeds. Try and blow each seed and, and see how far we can get it. 12 quid a ticket. Yep. Thank you very much, Jess, uh, for coming into the Dream Restaurant uh, for another home cooking episode. Uh, great menu. Um, do go and listen to Jess's podcast, Hoovering. It is a very good food podcast, which yeah. I think predates ours. Uh, and they've had a lot of wonderful guests on in the past. Everyone you can think of, everyone you'd like to hear, really. Uh, Jess has also got a stand-up special available, James. On next up, it's called Silence of the Nans. Go and watch that. It's excellent. So funny. Just get as much Jess Foster Q in your life as you can. Do it. I highly recommend it. But for now, let's say goodbye. It's time to shut the doors of the Dream Restaurant once more, and we'll see you again sometime soon. Goodbye. Pulling down the shutters. 
we'll see you again sometime soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello, I'm Lou Sanders, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, you might like my podcast, Cuddle Club. It's about cuddling, yes, but really it's just a way into relationships and asking cheeky questions like who was your mum's favourite and uh, when were you last unfaithful? Previous guests include Alan Davies, Ashley B, Catherine Ryan, Rich Dosman, Ed Gamble, Nish Kumar, and other legends. Get it on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your all podcasts. And remember to CC everybody in if CC stands for Cuddle Club. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you enjoy, oh, um, there's another, there's a uh, another podcast just coming out. Oh, no, the podcast is out now. Yeah. If people have enjoyed Off Menu, will they enjoy Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains? I don't, I don't know. There's, well, there's a bit of crossover. We talk about um, maybe you know a couple of food uh, issues. We talk about cutlery, and that's near food. We reckon it's out now. Not soon, it's now. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. If you like James and if you love Ed, you might get a kick out of this. But yeah, again, no pressure. But um, yeah, this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brands.